Welcome to another episode of Unraveling IT. And on this episode, we'll be sitting down with Brian Harmison, the CEO of Corsica Technologies, as well as Nate Troyer, a solutions architect here at Corsica. And they'll be discussing ChatGPT versus the newest innovation from Microsoft, which is Copilot, and which one we feel like you should be paying attention to and how it's revolutionizing the way that we communicate. Stay tuned. All right. So I'm, I'm here today with Nate Troyer, who's one of our solutions engineers mm -hmm. and has worked for Corsica for, well, it feels like a long time. I feel like I've worked feels, for a long time. It, it does feel like a long time. Probably feels like a long time to you. It not does. not to me, though. It does. But I, I greatly appreciate you being here today. And we're yeah. going to talk about AI. Yes. So uh, especially, you know, AI and how it relates to work. And yeah. I have a feeling you probably use AI more in your job than than I do. I think I was one of the earliest adopters because I am very lazy and I hate writing uh, statements of work. I hate trying to sound professional and it usually comes off as somebody play acting that they're professional when AI can just sound professional, use words like seamless and a couple of hot uh, hot words that I think um, a lot of uh, C-suite people would understand immediately that I am I just have not had that much depth in. And so I you know, just started asking, uh, at, at the time it was chat GPT, just started asking it to um, write, a state, write an executive summary um, based on the narrative that I was going to give it. So essentially, you know, I would just give it the narrative like, you know, company A uh, wants to have a refreshed, uh, refresh of their data center, right? It's been, it's old, it has security vulnerabilities. Um, and, you know, company B, that's right. We don't put actual information in there. Um, company B is going to, you know, perform the work and all that stuff. And it would just spit out the best thing I had ever read <laughs> that, I, <laughs> that did not come from my hand, but was, I would say, enhanced with yeah. AI. That's, that's the way we put it in our team. Like, it's enhanced. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, you know, I, I even tell my kids AI is, is great for expanding mm -hmm. what you maybe thought was possible or the way you were thinking about something. And when it comes to producing work product, it can it can give us something that that taps into knowledge that, that we don't yet have or vocabulary that we don't yet have. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for <laughs> in vocabulary. So, yeah. Uh, it's really useful. And, like, the intangibles of using it, now I start – now, I, when I start writing something by myself, just freehand, I have learned how to write well with AI spitting that information out. So when I'm engaging with um, people in the C-suite and I'm writing emails and things like that, I, I don't really use uh, chat GPT anymore to write it for me because I kind of already understand. I might have it, you know, you know, punched up a little bit, but that's about it. So I think like, it can be used as a tool, you know, to, to teach people how to do that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and when when I think of generative AI like ChatGPT, mm -hmm. that way, um, even even you know, for the the types of things that I write, um, it it's almost like a mentor. It it yeah. taps into all this extra um, extra sources of experience mm -hmm. that in a way that's so much faster than than just learning it on on our own. And I I find that to be one of the things most valuable when I need to think of something differently. It, you know, we all get tunnel vision, get locked mm -hmm. into the way we think of the world. And it chat chat GPT specifically and in, in any generative AI can help break you out of that. Yeah, and I think since since the um 
since the amount of information that it's consuming is so great, you know, you can get um, answers out of out of specifically like ChatGPT's model for things like um, what are the what is what is the difference in thought process between the average American and the average German? Which is that something I actually ask because if we're going to be going into a a discussion with somebody who's you know from Germany, they're going to have a different way of processing what we're talking about than I will. You know, they're you know more collaborative and we're more individualistic. So, you know, it kind of helps you like it kind of guides you of where you need to go in a conversation. It was like super. It's amazing what you can ask it. You know, I was trying to think of ways and things to ask it that it probably doesn't get asked all the time. I just saw, I read an article the other day that said it's better at doing, um, it's better, it's better at doing like research for like, uh, like scientific research than models specifically created for that industry because right. it's, it's consuming vaster amounts of data. Right. Which is, it's nuts. It's absolutely, and they didn't know that until they asked it a question about that industry. They're like, wait a minute. You know, like it's, it's, it's giving us better information than the models that we created, you know, for a specific, uh, for our industry. So it's, it's really cool. I mean, yeah. AI is super cool. Yeah. And I, I think for, for those of you maybe listening that, that aren't using AI yet, you will be. Yes. Uh, I, I think experience is, is what, gets people to, to come back and, and realize that, you know, it's not a replacement for people, no. but it certainly is an enhancer for your own experience. It, right. It's like being, a, you know, being able to ask an expert anything that, that you want to and, and really. But you have to understand the answer that it's giving, you know, so there's a component you have to be, you have to be a part of the process too, you yeah. know? Yeah. So uh, generative AI is super useful for business. Mm -hmm. But we definitely see some risks, and and you started us off with with kind of one at the beginning where you mentioned an example of where um, where we'll use AI to help enhance maybe something that, that we're writing or going to present to a customer, and specifically with with ChatGPT, there's some risks around you know where is that data going? Right, and we live in a in a world where now you know I I, I see people really willing to give up personal information, mm. maybe accidentally. And I, I, I observe or, or talk with people who I feel like are probably doing that in chat GPT now without, mm -hmm. without really thinking about where's my company data or my personal right. data going. If you type it into chat GPT or any of these generative AIs, it's their data, right? right. So, I mean, you kind of have to be careful. They've written their, what's interesting is they've written their terms of service in such a way that's basically like, all all risk is on you, which I can understand that. So I mean, you just got to know what you're dealing with when you, when you when you get involved with that sort of thing. Yeah, and and I think you know, take take Bard for example, where you can drop images in and ask yeah. it to analyze those. Uh, the the risk goes up pretty substantially mm -hmm. if if you start trying to use it to do your job, right? Um, and especially in an industry like ours, where um, part of Part of what we do is have data about other companies, mm -hmm. and so it's really critical to to know where that goes. Which which kind of which brings me to to another topic, which is Copilot and yep. Microsoft's generative AI designed around the M three sixty five ecosystem. Now you've done more research on that than I. I think you got like a test flight of that, didn't you? No, well, I I've seen a lot of the demos, used little bits of it. 
Um, but it's it's not out yet for small business, which okay. is, you know, in Microsoft's world, anybody who's not a giant enterprise. Well, what do you think? So how do you think this is going to change the, the landscape for people who are already using the Microsoft ecosystem? Like what if they're if they're you, you know, yeah. if guys, if somebody like you is sitting at his desk and he gets an email from somebody asking for financials and stuff like that. Do you think all I do is email? Maybe? Yep, pretty much. OK. Some some days it does feel that way. Yeah. So it, I'll be fired at the end of this, but guys, don't <laughs> worry about it. I will so, never be back. <laughs> I hope you're, you come back. Uh, the, the the big differences are that you know one I, I don't have to put my information into you know ChatGPT or or Bard for example. Microsoft is is using those large language models mm. on. Uh, my data that already exists in M365. So it's already designed around my ecosystem. And, and the way Microsoft is looking at this is is really application-based, but then also broader than that um, through some of, the, some of the chat interfaces. So, you know, I think of that example you brought up, we need some financial analysis on uh, some, you know, maybe it's some revenue. Yeah, uh, Copilot will will look through my email and attempt to gather the data that I need in order to respond to that, and it'll it'll even you know potentially draft a response for me. That's crazy. Uh, which That's... is just like what we would expect ChatGPT to do. Yeah, it's just not integrated. Yeah, information. And what's great about it is it's it's protected. It's it's kept within that space and it it is a force multiplier for businesses mm. in the right way right right so how do you so like especially with with our company specifically like how do you see it like augmenting our our abilities here yeah so it's great if it helps me save time right uh, i think the the bigger impacts longer term are around customer service and how do we mm. interact with our customers because that ultimately is our business. There's a lot of other things that, that we do or talk about, but we are a, a client-focused business. It, we, we wouldn't have a business if it wasn't for those clients that work with us that we provide security and support for. And so ChatGPT doesn't really solve any of that mm. for us. It, it might give us you know some, some lipstick to put around you know, a document that, that we send out. But what Copilot has the potential to do for a company like us is to give everyone the context that they need around that vast array of customers in a really timely and meaningful fashion. And so, you know, imagine feeding in uh, who that customer is, who they normally work with, what projects mm. we've done recently for them, what service we've done for them, and then being able to get a summary or a response as, as someone on the front lines who's interacting with that customer and is able to to have that full view. Again, all that data is available now. Yeah. Just we as humans can't go out and in 15 seconds go find it all, assemble it, and create something And make cohesive. sense out of it. Right, and, and, and give a cohesive response to it. So when I think of what Copilot can do for businesses, certainly it can increase our productivity, but it can really drive us towards a better customer experience, mm -hmm. which is what most of us are are after, because our customers really drive that revenue and the success of the business. So, outside of our our industry, just outside of IT, we're like somebody who's in a manufacturing job. Like, how do you think that that's going to, I mean, affect sales, uh, affect uh, the quality of their product? Like, what? How do you how do you see it being implemented? Yeah. So, so in uh, let's use manufacturing yeah. as an example. Um, it. It because points. we're in Fort Wayne, guys. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, 
manufacturing is our is our largest yeah, vertical. Yeah, it is. It so is. Uh, we work with a lot of manufacturing companies. So so there's a couple things that, that need to happen first. One is starting to adopt the, the data frameworks available within M365 because that's what's going to bring the information that, that we can start applying uh, Copilot to. And, and so that means building some connectivity between ERP systems and the Microsoft ecosystem, mm. starting to bring that data integration into um, the, the Microsoft 365 domain so that we can start interacting through Excel, through Word, with data from these other systems. And you and, need people to do that, right? You absolutely need people to do that. You need um, you, you need that connectivity. But but in a, in a world of SaaS applications, everybody has an API. Mm-hmm. Everybody has you know, the ability to get that data into something like a Power BI. And that's why uh, using those external tools to start building those dashboards and, and viewing your data becomes really valuable when you have Copilot because now you can interact with that ERP data, with that scheduling data, with whatever it is out of those other systems through a safe AI ecosystem that ties into your productivity apps that you're using all the time. So if I, if I was a production manager and I wanted to write a report on scheduling and throughput, if I have those dashboards already built in Power BI, then I can have Copilot help me construct those reports and pull that data from those various reports. So like um, one of the things I saw was that you can essentially, since uh, since Ch- ChatGPT is, you know, open AI, right? Right, which um, is also behind Copilot. Right. Does is Microsoft? Do you think they're going to develop something for people who maybe want to be more hybrid and stay on prem and have you know access to their you know on prem data? I, I think at some point that in the the connectivity is is there now. It's it's a little cumbersome to to get it where it needs to be because mm-hmm. it it have to be accessible through um, yeah. through you know what used to be Power Automate. Yep, um, and. I, I don't know. Microsoft is pretty fully invested in getting everyone in a Yeah, no one was surprised model. that they would have, right. one, a pay-to-play model, but two, their own AI. Right. No one, I, I don't think anybody was surprised but, with that. But I, I like it as, as a business leader. I look at it and say, I can have confidence that I can turn my people loose on AI and do so in a way where I don't have to worry that my, my company data is going to land, you know, on a server. Well, yeah, somewhere. I mean, we have we have clients now um, and prospects asking us about, you know, what type of policy um, have we, what type of policies have we seen out there surrounding AI usage, like security policies. Yeah. You know, that that was, I I had not heard that uh, just even two years ago. No one was asking that question before ChatGPT. It just wasn't available. Well, yeah, in in your browser to to go and input company data. Out on the web, yeah. I mean, the just the the quickness with which this has grown is in, is incredible. It's not a new thing. I think it was started like 1957, like uh, like looking into AI, starting to figure out how to process AI and all that. But it really took off when you know the graphics processing units started to be in play and all the all the hardware that's now involved and how fast it is, and just that everything, all that data is now out there for it to consume. This is not going away anytime soon. In fact, I think we we have to be worried about malicious use of it too. Yeah. You know, I mean, right now, Chat GPT has some it has some guardrails up in in 
in case if you wanted to do something like, hey, can you write me a write me some code that will you know delete everybody's information off of their right. C drive? It'll say no, but you can get around it by asking it in a certain way, you know. Yeah. And so, I mean, I can just see people creating tool sets out of it that, I mean. At some point in time, I think it was you who said something to the effect of one day we'll just have our AI go talk to their AI. But I think the day is also coming in when, you know, we'll just have our AI defend against their AI. Yeah, I, I, we're, we're likely closer to that than I'm than sure it's happening. Realize now. And yeah. I, I think as much of a force multiplier as AI can be for us in, in a productive business, it can be in a, in a, harmful or malicious business yeah. as well. Um, and we, we certainly see that. And, and I think if, if history has told us anything about threat actors, it's that they're willing to invest time and effort that a lot of times um, a, a regular commercial business is not willing to invest. And that, that keeps them um, ahead mm-hmm. of many of the, the small to mid-sized businesses that we work with that, that don't have a partner that's helping protect them. So it, it's it's going to keep growing. And, and ChatGPT has guardrails, but there's plenty of other ways to engage with AI and produce malicious content if, if that's what your desire is. Right. And, oh, uh, man. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of scary. That part is kind of scary. It is kind of scary, but um, but I think what I think the upside of this is you're seeing a lot of AI now uh, being adopted by cybersecurity companies. You know that have specific products. You know that it's essentially in the background, consuming all this information, going that doesn't look right, that doesn't look right, that doesn't look right, and pointing that out. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but AI is also involved in Microsoft's cybersecurity. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think we're going to continue to, to see a, a bit of a battle between good AI and, and malicious AI for for a long time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty sure we will too. Yeah, for sure. So I think, it, so Copilot is available for most businesses in, in roughly three months. Uh, it's available in the enterprise space right now. Um, and I know I'm really excited to, to get it deployed to some of our customers to see how it can can have an impact in a positive way. But in the meantime, um, you mentioned the, these policies around AI usage. Mm. Um, I, I don't feel like policies are, are what's going to be the answer because I, I think we all recognize, you know, a policy is about as good as the paper it's written on. Oh, yeah. Without some enforcement mechanisms. What we're not seeing a lot of now is, is companies saying, hey, will you block these domains so that I can protect my business? Because I, I think deep down there's this desire to say, well, I know I'm getting better work product mm-hmm. because some of my team is using AI. Uh, so I, I expect to see a, see a shift as Copilot becomes available and, and there's a subscription model to get generative AI to, to be productive in business. I expect that, that we're going to start blocking some of the generative AI tools from from corporate domains. That's interesting. I did not think about that because they're already paying. Most of these people are already paying for M365, business premium, stuff like that. You know, that's going to start moving people away from the, the quick and dirty, oh, I've got a chat GPT account. I, it can write my email for me. Well, so can autopilot. It's right there. Oh, oh by the way, it's consumed most of your, your emails and your, and your, and your in, Word documents in a, way. in a secure way. And it can give you the best response because it knows the most about this specific por- portion of your company or this specific person who's emailing you. Right. That's really cool. That yeah. is really cool. Yeah, it's a great product. Yep. All right. Well, Nate, thanks for joining me today. Uh, Thanks Uh, for joining me. (laughs) 
You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm the one who runs the company based on on the vest. Yeah, you're right. You came well dressed today, and I I appreciate that. So uh, thanks again for for joining us. Yeah, no problem. And I'm sure we'll have other topics we talk about in the future. Okay. All right.